get the music started right away, and this is Susan Boyle and Amber Stassi with Do You Hear What I Hear? you at there, Susan Boyle and Amber Stassi with Do You Hear What I Hear? And continuing the music, here's Steve Green 
with Come Thou Long Expected Jesus.
that was Charles Wesley's Come Thou Long Expected Jesus with Steve Green. Now, here's David to tell us what Malcolm Guite has for us today. Malcolm Guite is chaplain of Girton College in Cambridge. Malcolm has produced an anthology of poems for Advent. And he reads one of them for us. It is followed by Emma from Kilgraston playing part of John Williams' theme music from the film Schindler's List. You can hear the rest of Kilgraston School's recent concert on YouTube. The poem I have selected for the 11th of December in Waiting on the Word, my anthology of poetry for Advent, Christmas and Epiphany, published by Canterbury Press, is Christina Rossetti's harrowing dialogue poem, Despised and Rejected. My sun has set. I dwell in darkness as a dead man out of sight, and none remains, not one, that I should tell to him mine evil plight this bitter night. I will make fast my door, that hollow friends may trouble me no more. Friend, open to me. Who is this that calls? Nay, I am deaf, as are my walls. Cease crying, for I will not hear thy cry of hope or fear. Others were dear. Others forsook me. What art thou indeed that I should heed thy lamentable need? Hungry should feed, or stranger lodge thee here. Friend, my feet bleed. Open thy door to me and comfort me. I will not open. Trouble me no more. Go on thy way, footsore. I will not rise and open unto thee. Then is it nothing to thee? Open. See who stands to plead with thee. Open. Lest I should pass thee by. And thou one day entreat my face and howl for grace and I be deaf as thou art now, open to me. Then I cried out upon him, Cease, leave me in peace. Fear not that I should crave aught thou mayst have. Leave me in peace, yea, trouble me no more, lest I arise and chase thee from my door. What? Shall I not be let alone, that thou dost vex me yet? But all night long, that voice spake urgently, open to me, still harping in mine ears, rise, let me in, pleading with tears, open to me that I may come to thee. While the dew dropped, while the dark hours were cold, my feet bleed, see my face, see my hands bleed that bring thee grace, my heart doth bleed for thee, open to me. So, till the break of day, then died away that voice, in silence as of sorrow, then footsteps, echoing like a sigh, passed me by, lingering footsteps, slow to pass. On the morrow, I saw upon the grass each footprint marked in blood. 
and on my door the mark of blood forevermore. Gout was followed by a brief excerpt from Kilgraston School's recent concert. Music was John Williams' theme music for the film Schindler's List. This is the Albion Christian Band with a While Shepherds Watched and Chiming Christmas Bells. Troubled mind, glad tidings of great joy. 
the Albion Christmas Band with While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks by Night and Sweet Chiming Christmas Bells. That tune tends to be used in mission halls and by the Salvation Army rather than in churches, also used in pubs and clubs if they have a tradition of carol sing-alongs. But let's get back to David for our next piece. Angela Hanvey is involved with the Debt Counselling Service Christians Against Poverty, based in Aberfeldy. Here she is talking on the podcast, which you can find on the Heartland FM website, heartland.scot. It's Ramsey Beattie here on Heartland FM, and today I'm joined by Angela Hanvey from Christians Against Poverty in Highland Perthshire. It's good to have you here, Angela. Yes, hi there. It's lovely to be here again. And it's good to have you back again. Just to begin with, could you tell us who Christians Against Poverty are? Christians Against Poverty is the Sunday name for CAP. CAP is a national award-winning charity based in Bradford who provide debt advice and debt management plans and other ways out of debt for anyone struggling with personal debt. And we've been running here in Highland Perthshire for seven years now. And what are the ways you can help people out who might be struggling financially with education or any debt problems they've got? If people are struggling with debt, then we would suggest that they contact CAP or any other free debt advice agency as soon as possible so that the debt doesn't build up. But in these days of coronavirus, we would be meeting them by phone or by video call because we can no longer meet people in their own homes, which is something we would normally do. But we would then go through the the service with them, telling them how we would help them and encourage them to get together all the paperwork that we might need to take their case forward. Our debt advisors will negotiate with creditors on clients' behalf to find an affordable repayment. They will distribute payments made by the clients into what we call a cap plan. We would distribute those to the creditors and we would provide a volunteer befriender to walk alongside the client, helping them with emotional and practical support, taking them out for coffee or for lunch, because debt doesn't come by itself. It brings with it stress, anxiety, depression, loneliness and isolation. And so we don't just look at the financial impact on someone's life, but we have a more holistic approach looking at their whole life, trying to encourage them to socialise again. And what does that process look like when people reach out to you? In the first instance, um, they would make a phone call to our 0800 number, and that's 0800 328 0006. And there, one of the friendly staff would take their details and check if there is a debt centre in that area. And so the client would be given an appointment to see me, and I would, in pre-COVID days, go along to their home and uh, meet with them and tell them who we are, what we do and how we do it and then let them know what paperwork we need, the evidence of their income and some of the major expenditure items and pull that together for our next visit. On the second visit, I would go through a a fact find, which is a, a lengthy form looking at all of their income, all of their expenditure and also the debts that they have. And I would take the paperwork away and send it down to our debt advisors down in our head office. They would then prepare a budget and the advice for that particular client's circumstances. And I would go back on a third visit to visit with the family or the individual and deliver that advice, explaining it to them, giving them the pros and cons of each of the options that might be suitable for them, and then ask them if they would like to continue to work with CAP. And just like you're saying there, with coronavirus at play at the moment, um, there's quite a difficult time for lots of people of all sorts of types and backgrounds. What are the sort of causes behind debt? Because sometimes it's not just as simple as not having the cash. No, debt can be caused by many different reasons. 
reasons, whether it be ill health, a bereavement, a relationship breakdown, or more and more we're seeing people just on low incomes. Benefits don't always provide sufficient income for uh, an individual or a family to live on, and we're seeing more and more of that in these days. It's such a social issue in a sense that it's to do with people's relationships and who they know and how they can reach out for help. And you wouldn't necessarily have thought or first pictured Highland Perthshire to be the sort of area where people might be struggling with debts. How is this the case? There are people here in Highland Perthshire. It's very much a hidden problem. I think in the major towns and cities, you can identify an area perhaps where you'd say that's an area of deprivation or that estate is where people are, are really struggling with multiple problems. Here in Highland Perthshire, as I say, it's very much hidden, but they are individual cases, individual homes where there are families or individuals who are struggling to make ends meet. So in Highland Perthshire, it's individual cases in homes, perhaps in your street, where a family are struggling to make ends meet, whether it be because they've lost their income or it's been reduced for whatever reason, they will be struggling. And no one should have to choose between heating or eating and that is the case in some places. And is there a stigma around debt? Are people sometimes maybe afraid to admit the problem at all? I think right across the UK that is a problem that um, pride, if you like, comes in the way, gets in the way of people seeking help. Debt is money, it's something we don't talk about um, in, in this country and it's something we need to be a little bit more open about. CAP does a survey each year of all its clients and they have found that it can take up to three years before people reach out and recognise that they've just reached the bottom. They're in a pit of despair. They don't know where to turn. And again, I would, we would urge people to um, contact us and seek help now while perhaps they've maybe just missed one or two payments on a bill or on their rent or, or whatever. Um, it's much easier to deal with the problem in the early stages when it may just be a few months of um, support that they need. If they leave it longer, then it may take longer to, to sort things out um, and it is much more difficult. And say perhaps I knew someone like a, a friend or a family member who I knew that was perhaps struggling, but they were maybe not admitting the problem themselves. How could someone like myself or another person high on pressure start that conversation? Good question. I suppose it's about observation rather than asking questions. Has that person suddenly stopped saying, no, I'm not going to come for a pint with you or no, I can't meet you for coffee. I've got something on. And they're constantly refusing your invitations. Are they coming in to work or have you seen them where they seem to be wearing a lot more clothes than perhaps you are? Maybe that's because they haven't got any heating at home and it's maybe even warmer outside than it could be in their own home. It's about observing when you do meet up, are they eating more perhaps than they would have done before? Are they struggling to make conversation or are they putting on a brave face? It's like mental health. It's watching for the signs, the, the lack of isolation, the depression. How is their mental health? Have they suddenly become a little bit less joyful than they were before? So, yeah, it's observing signs rather than starting a conversation, I think. And where can people go and how can they get in touch if they are ready to deal with this issue? 
if people are struggling with their with debts or they've missed a few payments and just don't know if they can make it through and say, don't wait till after Christmas. Christmas is going to have an added burden with the impact of the pressure to buy presents and to have this fantastic family time and build memories for the future. Instead, seek help now and by calling 0800 328 0006 where one of the friendly staff will be more than happy to take your call and to guide you in the steps to make progress with dealing with debt. And it sounds like such a tremendous effort for some such a fantastic project and offering to the community. Well, why is it that uh, you're so passionate about this, Angela? Personally, I found myself in a situation where I'd been on and off work for about six months. I'd used up all my savings and I had no money coming in and I didn't know where my next mortgage payment was coming from. I had a real fear of being evicted, not knowing that it can take two or three months of missed payments before any action would have been taken. But that fear drove me to contact several agencies who were helpful. They sent me an inch thick form that I had to fill in. Another organisation was all online. But to be honest, my mental health wasn't the best and I didn't have the the energy is not the right word, but I just I didn't have the motivation to, to fill these forms in and to do something. I needed someone to help me and that help wasn't around. And so when I heard about CAP and the support they provided, having got myself out of that situation, I decided that it was time that something like that service was available here. And I spoke to our local church, whom I'm a member. And they were keen to see it happen. So Aberfeldy Parish Church partnered with Christians Against Poverty to set up this debt help service here in Highland Perthshire to serve the people in our local community so that they wouldn't have to go through that kind of mental torture, if you like, that I had felt I had gone through. And I wasn't even in debt at that point, but my new my mental health had been affected. Well, that's fantastic. And thank you for taking the time to share your story today, Angela. No, that's fine. If, if it, that can help someone else to pick up the phone, just to have that courage to seek the help that they need, we can support them to, to get them debt free. It's an amazing feeling when we can make a phone call to say to someone, by the way, you're now debt free. I had one client recently whom I was able to make that call and he was delighted. It had been four, nearly five years and he was so delighted and so appreciative of all the help that he'd been given. But he'd done his part. He'd paid into his cap plan and was now debt free. Well, if there's anyone out there who thinks that they need this help, please do get in touch with Angela. And once again, Angela, thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. Podcasts, a Heartland multimedia production. Angel Hamvey talking to Ramsey Beatty there. Don't wait until after Christmas is her advice if you're needing help. And let's uh, get back to some music again now. It's the turn of Ella Fitzgerald and she's singing It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. It came upon a midnight clear that glorious song of old from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold peace on the Just keep 
Fitzgerald with It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. But it's time to hear from David again. Elaine Brown lives in Pitlochry and goes to Pitlochry Baptist Church. Elaine has chosen a Christmas poem about Mary by Amy Purden to read for us. Now here's a brief, beautifully expressed poem written by Amy Purden and based on words from a well-known carol, Lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb. Thou didst not abhor the virgin's womb, nor yet her youthful skin stretched to accommodate our God. Thou didst not abhor the virgin's womb, nor yet her lungs, her heart, her chemistry, God dependent on a woman, woman dependent on her God, coexistent loveliness, hidden lives in Nazareth. Elaine Brown with a Christmas poem by Anne Pardon. Now we hear from Daniel O'Donnell, and he's got a song with more questions and answers. It's Mary, Did You Know?
song was Mary did you know and now let's get back to David one more time the three vicars reverends Richard Coles Kate Botley and Giles Fraser talk about Christmas this is part of a series where we shall hear one episode for each Sunday in Advent what about Advent? You see, I, I, Advent is my favourite season. Invidious to have faith, but it is my favourite season of the church this year. The music is lovely. It's all French and in G minor and dark and bitter. <laughs> and I love all that. But also, like my church, but it's the preparation. It's like Lent before Easter, isn't it? It's this sort of period of leanness before you hit the feast. There's something about light coming to you in darkness. Do you actually really fast in Advent, then? Kind of, yeah. I only have a blended whiskey, not a malt. <laughs> <laughs> You see, I'm, slight, I'm something of a heretic on this. I do think of Advent as Christmas in waiting. So it does have 
Christmas qualities to it. So when anticipation, wider, absolutely in terms of anticipation, but sort of semi-realization, it's coming. I don't like the idea that the clergy are always so sort of terribly mean-spirited about the anticipation of Christmas. And the, I mean, it used to be the case. I think no clergy really do this anymore. There'll be absolutely no whiff of any Christmassy sort of music yeah. or very Puritan in the lead-up to Christmas. You just I, can't do that. You though. can't do Not that. Not if you're Church of England. But you must have someone in your church that complains that the crib's gone up too early and that the trees yeah. have gone up too early. We had a woman in one of my churches who used to get really angry about Christmas trees in church because they were pagan. And I tried to explain to her that if you took everything that was pagan out of Christianity, there wouldn't be a lot left, to be fair. <laughs> but she, she weren't having that, you know. She was like, you would come to church and she would have dragged the tree out the front door again and you would be dragging it back in. Finding, we have it. We, so we do an Advent carol service, a Christmas carol service and an Epiphany carol service. And it's always interesting to plot between those three points where everybody else is. Advent carol service, people say, why couldn't we have a little town of Bethlehem? You think, well, it's not Christmas yet. Christmas, everybody gets that. Epiphany, they're thinking... What are you talking We've about? We've done it's this. Ages. I'm glad it's all over. That, yeah. That's my point. That's the tree down on Boxing Day. Especially as clergy, we've had this marathon up to the big day itself. So just when we're ready to pop the champagne corks and, you know, get us glad rags on, everybody else is going, oh, I'm glad that's over. You is know, it? my mother's took a tree down. There's a really interesting class alignment of which service you go to. It strikes me that midnight mass is generally pretty middle class thing to do Ooh, that, well, that's where that's where where i am now i'm not in a middle class parish christmas day is really really big midnight mass not so much i'm really quite interested in that because i'm in a, a sort of mixed parish but uh, midnight masses are biggest service of the year really and christmas day is when the farmers come so the farming families come all in sunday best it's a tradition so the farming families come and then everybody goes to the cemetery in the graveyard yeah, to visit we, that's the where we that's where we used they go to, to the cemetery in the graveyard to visit the graves of their day. dead yeah. yeah that's what we on used to christmas do christmas day, day. we yeah. never went to church as kids on christmas day ever we never went to church um, so but so we used to go to the graveyard because you didn't grow up in an explicitly religious family mm. but it seems to me that it was a family that in which all those traditions were observed i've heard you talk about it before yeah we used to all meet at Christmas Day at the graveside of my nanan and my... That's grandmother to you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> nanan and... Uh, <laughs> and my nanan and granddad. And leave flowers and all that sort of stuff. And that, that was our little ritual kind of thing. That's what we did. So it, it was really weird. Because that's one of the things, isn't it? When you, when you get together with life partners and stuff, you have to sort of figure out where your traditions are. And one of the first stand-up arguments me and Graham had when we were first together was where you spend Christmas morning. Because for him, it wasn't Christmas unless you were in church being miserable. And that thing is showing it's your presence. Miserable. Why is it miserable? Because everybody wants to get out of there as quickly as possible. Why? Because <laughs> there's turkey to be having. <laughs> I thought you didn't like turkey. I thought you just said you went too much of it. No, no, no. David, my, my partner, who was born and raised half in the north and half in the south, he loves all those traditions. So we have a thing... Like, I think the clergy, of course, we have midnight mass and then we have an eight o'clock in the morning. We've been mm. probably really busy around up. You're a bit tired. First thing I did in parish was cancel that eight o'clock. Did you? Yeah, if you've got a vicar with a family. We're still opening presents at that time. Yeah. There's um, no way that's happening. But David has uh, this kind of elaborate... So he does stockings for the dogs, right? We've got five dogs. have got opposable thumbs. <laughs> he does stockings for the dogs. So after I come home from midnight mass, all I want to do is go to bed, but then we have to fill the dog stockings, but the dogs can't be in the room because it will spoil the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. 
So I'm there, I'm haggard with fatigue, and he's going, don't shut up, shut up, don't say it, don't take the dog's a little bit. we do the dog stocking. And then I have to get up at six o'clock, and then he insists on having smoked salmon, caviar and champagne for breakfast, which is very nice, but I just really need to go to work. Do you know what I mean? And then, then that's interesting, once we're done, which is usually by midday, then... Uh, you sleep, don't you, then? Well, I actually get into pyjamas and watch The Sound of Music. No! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah pyjamas and The Sound of Music. get into pyjamas and you watch The Sound of Music. Yeah, and we eat... I want to think about that as a mental picture for a moment. One of my clergy friends, what she does is she buys the biggest takeaway she can on Christmas Eve at the latest slot that the curry house will deliver it. And then she takes it out of the bags and puts it in the fridge. And that's her Christmas lunch for the day after. Ping and ding, straight in the microwave. Do you think people would be disappointed if they thought that clergy were not actually embodying in every breath the sort of spirit of Dickensian Well, you summed it up there, didn't you? Because you said, actually, I just want to get to work. Although it's a vocation, although it's a privilege, although it's a calling, although it's all those things actually part of it is a job as well but then it's that beautiful thing isn't it that beautiful thing with the start of our church we have everyone in jammed to midnight mass everyone's drunk from the pub da, 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 and then it's completely dark we switch all the lights off and the only light is at the crib and we have that reading of the prologue to the gospel of john gets me every time so me too the, so the so moment for me, me in too. all my cynicism me too. in all my grumpiness in all my scrooge-like behavior in all my oh no we've peaked too soon i'm not eating any more sprouts oh my word away in the manger is the worst song ever invented Oh, come on, don't look at me like that, Giles. It's I hideous. I love it. Oh, man. Oh, I love it. Do you know, I already it. had quite a low opinion of you, but now he's just gone down <laughs> and down. Okay, there's it. something you need to know. What? You love it too. I love don't... it too. Oh, my. <laughs> so, I'm I have to, you have to drag it out to me, but it's true, I do. The moment for me is. After midnight mass, when I walk out into the empty churchyard and I can hear them all doing their handshakes and doing all the, you know, Merry Christmases, and I always made sure I would stand alone in that churchyard and look at the sky. And mm. that's it. That's the moment for me when I go, I don't have to sing away in a manger again. I don't have to do all that. I don't have to the trees up, the presents. If it's not done by now, it's never going to get done. Mm. And that's the moment. That's the moment of Christmas. And I just look at it and I cannot help but sob. And in my last parish, there used to be a farmer at that point who would sidle up to me and go, all right, Vicar, I go, yeah, and he go, whiskey? Yes, please, that'd be lovely. And he'd just pass me the hip flask and leave it with me. And that's our programme once again. Thank you for listening. And our thanks, too, to Richard Coles, Kate Butley, Giles Fraser for their chat there, and to Elaine Brown, Ramsey Beattie, Angela Hanvey and Malcolm Guite for their contributions this morning, and also to Sam Ross for putting it all together for us. We'll leave you with Icos and Infant Holy, Infant Lowly.
Christ the babe was born. 